Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai Gaur Premanande Bolo Haribo Morning everyone How are you? Tak? <laughs> so it's nice to be with you Chaitanya Rupini was telling me yesterday evening that you're all just starting to get situated here. She said we should start the festival from today. <laughs> She's encouraging me to come for, for two weeks next year. So. so I appreciate that. So, we're discussing the uh, Sri Brahma Samhita, a book of a hundred chapters, the fifth chapter of which is known to us today and brought to us by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He found it in the Adi Keshava Temple in South India and he copied it by hand and brought it back to his devotees, and as we've heard, uh, he considered it to be the essence of the Siddhanta, that uh, his lineage is based upon. So it's a strong statement in support of Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. It's the cornerstone of our scriptural conclusions that that uh, Krishna, hid, Krishna is the fountainhead of, of, of all avatars, the source of everything. And so we've been discussing the first verse, Ishwara Parama Krishna Satchirananda Vigraha Anadiradir Govinda Sarva Karana Karanam So we heard that Krishna is the supreme Ishwara, and we analyzed that from a number of different angles, what it constitutes being the supreme Ishwara. A very interesting discussion ensued. We talked a little bit about the etymological meaning of the word Krishna, Krishna. Uh, uh, he, he who rules over existence by bliss, by love, by affection. And uh, we discussed yesterday Satchirananda Vigraha that he has a form constituted of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. We might consider in this regard that we ourselves, as a unit of consciousness, when invested, if you will, in matter, reposing ourselves in matter, identifying with matter, what happens is that matter takes a shape. Right? Forms around us, and, and we, as consciousness, give, sh give shapes if you will, 
cause the basic stuff of, uh, of the objective world to uh, to transform, and therefore it's reasonable to consider that if we would invest ourselves in consciousness rather than matter, that a form of consciousness might be the result. Hmm. So I, what I want to say is, I'm trying to speak a little bit more about this idea that there may be forms hmm, that are very different than material forms, hmm. shapes, um, um, constitute of consciousness. Krishna's form is considered to be condensed Satchit Ananda. Condensed existence, uh, knowledge, and bliss. And he is, as described here, moving on in the text, as Anadir Adir Govinda. We discussed this word Anadi a little bit the other evening based on a question from Guru Vakya with regard to karma, which is said to be anadi. The word anadi means beginningless. Hmm. Sometimes persons say it means a beginning outside of time, which if we would look at that carefully would mean no beginning at all. because there can be no beginnings outside of time. Time indicates a beginning. Hmm. So, just a different way of saying the same thing, really. Anadi, no beginning. And here Krishna is described as Anadi. Hmm. As Krishna is, when we say Krishna is Anadi, then we have to consider what is Krishna? And this verse has been describing that to some extent. And one of the, one of the important things that we've learned, of course, is that Krishna is Krishna, along with his shaktis. Here, in particular, his primary shakti has been highlighted, parama. So just as Krishna is anadi, his shaktis are anadi. The word here, anadi, is used with reference to the word adi that follows it. Anadir, adi, govinda. Because he's described as adi, which means beginning, one might think that he has a beginning, hmm? or one might think that he doesn't have a beginning, but he appears to have a beginning, appearing in the world as he does at a certain time and so forth. So in order to uh, dispel the idea that because he appears in the world as an avatar, he has a beginning, the verse wants to say he's anadir, adi. Hmm? Um, he has no beginning 
even though he begins. Uh, and Adi, of course, also, also means, of course, the beginning. Hmm? So he's thought to be the beginning of everything. However, hmm, when these words like origin, emanates, and so forth are used, they need to be properly understood as ways of speaking about something that there's no place for within our mental frame of reference. Hmm. Beginninglessness, for example. Hmm. So when we want to say that Krishna is the source or the origin of his shaktis, which emanate from him, we shouldn't think that at some point in time his shaktis began. Hmm. The word emanate, for example, does not necessarily imply a beginning in time. For example, heat and light emanate from fire. But we have no experience of fire without heat and light. Still, they emanate from fire. Hmm. The rays of the sun emanate from the sun. The sun is their origin. Hmm. But there's no meaning to a sun without its rays. So similarly, there's no meaning to Krishna without his shakti, and particularly his swarup shakti, that's being, being discussed in this verse to some extent. It, it, it goes as well, of course, for all of the shaktis. It's maya shakti, it's tatasta shakti, and so forth. They have no origin. They are Krishna. Hmm? And they are not Krishna in that they are emanations of Krishna. Hmm? Uh, but Krishna means the whole composite, if you will. Hmm? Indeed, <laughs> This this is the uh, the in, in a sense the difference between Krishna and Brahman, hmm? uh, possessed of innumerable shaktis. Therefore, Jiva Goswami has said, "This is what it means when it says he is Adi. When it says it is Adi, the text means that he he alone, hmm, as the origin, he alone." is surrounded by super-excellent shakti. This again refers to his swarup shakti and particularly in the form of the of, of Radhika and the uh, Brajsundaris. Hmm? They are parama, Ishwar parama. Para means here excellent, ma means Lakshmi. Excellent Lakshmis, super excellent Lakshmis, in the plural, hmm? <coughs> goddesses of fortune. Hmm? As we've already discussed, Narayan has one such Lakshmi. Hmm? 
but she's not super excellent in terms of the nature of her love. Hmm. But the Brajsundari's love for Krishna hmm, is super extraordinary. It is sambrama sevyamanam. This is, as we've been discussing, prema madhurya. So Krishna is the origin, this verse is saying. He's the Adi, because he is the uh, original Godhead who is the person standing next to Radha. Hmm? To put it in another way, Prabhupada said once, Krishna is not particularly beautiful. But when he stands next to Radha, then he's very attractive. Hmm. <laughs> this is the idea. Hmm. So that love of Radhika corresponds with Krishna. Hmm. Love of Krishna is Krishna. Hmm. So as I've been explaining, we may not believe in Krishna because we haven't seen him, but we have seen love of Krishna in our guru, in the sadhus, and so forth. So we think it must be there. It's worth pursuing. They are not worshipping just a stone to have those types of transformations. How can a stone make one melt? Hmm. Hmm. So, here the word Adi means that he is the only one, he is the, the, the that's surrounded by super-excellent Lakshmis. Sri Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has taken a similar position where on the word Adi, yeah, in his explanation of the Srimad Bhagavatam's first verse, which is a kind of a carryover to some extent from the uh, second, uh, first and second aphorism of the Vedanta Sutra. As you may know, the Bhagavatam is considered to be a natural commentary on the sutras. And the text begins. Janma Adiyasya Yataha. Janma Adiyasya. Hmm? Different ways to uh, understand that statement, but in following the Vedanta Sutra, as I'm mentioning, the second sutra is Janma Adiyasya Yataha. So these are the opening words of the Bhagavatam as well. That second sutra of the of of Padarayana's um, text follows the first sutra, of course, which says Atato Brahma Jignasu. Now is the time to inquire about the, that which is spiritual. Brahman. Hmm? And of course if we inquire deeply about Brahman we find uh, Rasu Vaisaha. He, Brahman, is Rasa. 
Rasovaisaha. This we find in the Taitare Upanishad, in the Ananda Vali, the chapter, the Vali, about Ananda. This is a, con- a concluding statement in a particular section. And Brahman is rasa. So the deepest inquiry into the nature of Brahman brings us to rasa. And rasa means Krishna, rasaraj. Rasa means Radha and Krishna. Because rasa requires two. Hmm? So, Srimad Bhagavatam can be understood in its first verse to be saying, Janma Dhyasya Yataha, that let us offer Satyam Param Limahi, let us meditate upon that supreme truth hmm? that is the source that from whom comes the original rasa, adi rasa, janma adyasya, janma adirasa. Chakravati Thakur says, just as the word bhima, the name bhima, is a nickname for bhimasen, so the word adyasya, means is a is a nickname here a short way of saying adi adi rasasya adi rasya hmm? he says for further support of his contention that the following verse of the bhagavatam the verse 3 says pibata bhagavatam rasamalayam very clearly that this book srimad bhagavatam is the uh, the, the literary form of rasa. Hmm? And particularly, it, it, it showcases the madurasa. Madurasa is the adirasa, hmm? the mukya rasa. All that is within the other rasas, dasya, sakya, vatsalya, madurya, or dasya, sakya, vatsalya, are all within madurya. And, of course, something more as well, more intimacy, more possibility of intimacy with the Absolute is afforded in this rasa. So it is the mukya rasa. Hmm? Like, in the same way that within earth, the qualities of sound, of, 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 of sound and uh, touch and... and um, Smell and taste are contained. So, within earth, fire, water, uh, and and sky are found. So, within the Madhurasa, all the other, uh, the qualities of other rasas are found as well. Therefore, it is the Mukhyarasa, the Adirasa. Hmm? He says, because Bhagavatam is saying, this book is the literary form of the of the, of the Adi Rasa. Hmm? Therefore, the verse that precedes that, the one that we're discussing, when it says Adyasya, hmm? Janma Adyasya, hmm? it can be understood to be saying this book is about Adi Rasa, the birth of Adi Rasa. Hmm? 
This is a book about that, that implores us to meditate upon hmm? that supreme truth, which is the Adi, the origin hmm? of all rasa, Madhurasa. Krishna and his Parama, Ishwara, Parama, Krishna. Hmm? He who is Krishna, who, is the Ish, who, who controls Ishwar hmm, by amor, by love, by affection, hmm, because he himself is controlled by love and affection in the form of the Parama, the, these uh, super-excellent uh, Shaktis. Hmm? So, Janmadasyataha, to play out the verse, hmm? as Vishwan Shakuri Thakur has explained in one of his numerous explanations of the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm? uh, Vyasa is saying in his introduction, let us meditate on the supreme truth, the source of the original rasa. Janmadasyataha, anvayad itarata. Anvayad itarata means that this rasa moves in two ways, directly and indirectly. It moves directly by way of union and it plays itself out indirectly in the form of separation. Hmm? Sambhog and Vipralamba. These are the two banks, if you will, on the river of love that uh, this Madhuri rasa is, is, is moving in between. Uh, they are uh, the high and the low tide of romantic love. Hmm? Union and the separation that makes the heart grow fonder. It is, while union is the objective of love and separation, at the same time it is said, in union there is one Krishna, and separation, there are millions of Krishna. As the heart grows fonder, yearning for union, everything in the world reminds one of Krishna. Hmm? So this uh, flow of the of the Adi Rasa is described in these words Anbayad Itarata and if there is to be a rasa of love, there has to be vishai, vishaya lambana. Hmm? Love is the ashraya lambana, vishai. Mm, it means, for example, in a drama of love, there has to be the, how would you call it? The props, sometimes it's called. There has to be the actor and the actress. Hmm? the hero and the heroine hmm, for the drama to play out. Hmm? So we're talking about the love hmm, that is the heroine hmm, indirectly, hmm, which is so much uh, appropriate. Hmm? Uh, this is how, uh, how Radha would prefer to see herself discussed. But Krishna prefers it the other way. 
When we say Jai Radhe, hmm, we're actually saying what Krishna wants to say. It's not that Radha thinks, Jai me. I'm glad you said that. Hmm? She has a different <laughs> disposition. She wants only to push Krishna in the front. Hmm? And Krishna wants to push her in the front. Hmm? This is another way of understanding the Gaurlila. Hmm? Krishna wants to make it very clear to us what is the position of Radha. Hmm? So he comes to trumpet her, her, her cause, her case. Hmm? Vrindavaneshwari, yes, uh, yes, yes. She will, ask, she will say, uh, 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 only dedicated to Krishna. But hmm. Krishna wants to point out that her dedication is his own deity. Hmm? She is both deity and ideal of devotion hmm, for us hmm? and for Krishna as well. We're on Krishna's side in this one. <laughs> Jai Radhe. Uh, so, uh, of course, in Leela, sometimes her attendants will champion her cause over Krishna's, but from a philosophical point of view, hmm? we're speaking at the moment. <clears throat> so, she is there in the verse indirectly, but directly, the Vishayalambana, the object of love, the object of Madhurasa, hmm? the, the hero in whom the love is reposed must be described. So, Janmadhyasyataha Anvayad Itarata Arteshu Apigna Swarat. This is the Nayaka, Krishna, the hero. Hmm? He is Abhigna. It means very expert, hmm? some kind of a genius in the arts. He knows all the arts of lovemaking. Later in this book, the 64 arts of, of, of love are uh, mentioned. This is all a way of talking about the absolute in terms, Brahman in terms of its being rasa, using a particular kind of language that appears to have come from a sage named Bharata, Bharata Muni. But as we'll see from this verse, it is not that Rupa Goswami borrowed the language structure of Indian aesthetics from Bharata. Bharata got his inspiration from this, was, was tutored in this, by Krishna himself, the original artful hero. Abhigya, Tene, I was in Itaratas, Janmadhyasa, Yataha, Anbayad, Itarata, Abhigna, expert, and Swarat. He is completely uh, independent. Hmm? Hmm? There's no other uh, manifestation of God like him. All of those are derived and dependent. He is the original uh, independent hero. Hmm? It means also that this rasa, of which he is the subject, 
or excuse me, the object, the supreme object of love, is independent of the material world and the semblance of rasa that we find there that has its origin in him. Therefore, tene The verse goes on to say, tene The adikave, the original poet, that Bharata Muni, who seems to be the source of uh, aesthetics in uh, Indian uh, culture, he wrote the, oh, what is his famous book? Mm. Bharat. Brigo's mm. uh, not here to remind, maybe he knows, but at any rate, hmm. this, uh, that's okay, that's okay. Uh, he is the is the, uh, the, the, the the original uh, artisan, the original poet, the Adikavi, who from whom this secular, as it appears, Rastrastra has its origins. Hmm? And so many of the uh, uh, aestheticians are commenting on that with Kavi Prakash and Abhinav Gupta's work and so forth. Jamanuja uh, 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 Devi was asking me about this. The other day we had a question about this. Hmm? Uh, so it appears, as I'm saying, in Chaitanya Vaishnavism, that Rupa Goswami took the language of Bharat hmm, and used that to explain the uh, uh, how Krishna is Adi, hmm? as as described in this verse of of, of Brahma Samhita. He's Adi because he alone is surrounded by super-excellent shaktis with whom he interacts in such a way that we, that we in what is called Madhurasa, which is the origin of all uh, uh, rasa or uh, sacred aesthetic uh, rapture in, in love. But no, that's not the case according to Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm. That original hero, Krishna, from whom the Adi Rasa comes, who is the perfect object of love for Madhurasa and all other forms of Rasa, hmm. in whom love should be reposed, as a result of which one will taste Rasa that is far, far beyond and independent of material existence. Hmm. That person. Hmm. The subject of this verse of Bhagavatam, Tene Brahma He gave the spiritual Brahma, it means, hmm, idea of rasa. Brahman is rasa. Rasa He, Brahman is rasa. He infused this into the heart of Bharata, the Adikavi. Tene Brahma Hridaya Adikavi. In the heart of the original aesthetician of India, Bardamuni, Krishna, the origin of rasa, hmm, infused this uh, rasa sensibility, and then Bharata wrote about it. Hmm. So, as I say, it's not that Rupa Goswami got it from Bharata, Bharata got it from Krishna. Hmm. 
Maybe it comes from... So, so uh, uh, it is the way of talking about uh, this which transcends language. Uh, uh, and and we, we'll see from Bhagavatam. Yes, Bharat wrote about it, but as he wrote about it, it's a big subject, and trying to write about it, put it in words and so forth, he himself was bewildered about what what was uh, infused in his heart. Hmm? And uh, he wrote about it by positing secular heroes hmm? and heroines. Hmm? And so many subsequent poets thereafter hmm? misconstrued Muyanti Yatsura. They became bewildered about what is actually rasa, then they began to think that rasa is something we find in the material world. Hmm? And madhur rasa is that which we find when two people get together, hmm? something like this. Uh, hmm? No, this is a bewilderment. Tene muyanti how, what is that bewilderment like? Tejo vari madam yata vinimayo yatra. This is like sometimes when you look, if you're driving, for example, on a hot day, you look ahead at the road, the ground ahead, and it starts to look like water. Hmm? Right? Or sometimes if it's too hot, things start to like, melt and it looks like water. Hmm? Your brain starts to melt is what's happening. <laughs> and then, th- hmm? so sometimes confusing water for, for fire and fire for earth and earth for water as this goes on. Hmm? So in the same way they've co- all become confused, all these mundane aestheticians and poets about what is actually rasa and where it comes from. Hmm? No. Tejo vari madam yata avini mayo yatartri sargo amrsha. This rasa, actual rasa, the adi rasa, it is amrsha, it is real, it is eternal. Hmm? We cannot get that by mixing matter together. Hmm? Again, as we said the other day, all we can get from mixing material things together the only aesthetic kind of experience in the bottom line that we get ultimately is some type of disgust. Mix it together enough, like I said, listen to that song long enough and you'll get disgusted with it. I can't hear it again, although you liked it at first very much. If you listen again and again and again and again, keep playing that song, you pity those guys that have to keep playing their songs that everybody loves so much thousands of times. Hmm? You all have experience. You guess after a while, you just got to put that down. Hmm? You, become, you don't. You can't. Such is the nature of, of interaction with matter. The idea is, in actual rasa, in interacting with the with the perfect object of love, the the source of the uh, of, of rasa himself. Hmm? There's never any satiation. Hmm? No. Hmm? And that 
um, eternal rasa. Hmm? It is trisargo. Hmm? It comes in three creative forms. Hmm? Krishna is called Uttam Sloka. He who is uh, praised by beautiful poetry. The poetry of the Bhagavatam is in three forms. Literal, the words are sometimes to be taken literally. Some sections to be taken metaphorically. And sometimes suggestively, dhwani. A suggested meaning is there in the sound and so forth. You can't just read Bhagavatam and take everything literally. There are sections that are speaking metaphorically, some are speaking suggestively, some are speaking literally, and so on. And these three forms, trisargo, three poetic uh, uh, creations, if you will, from the pen of the, uh, of the, of the poet, of the kavi. This verse is saying that Krishna is the source of these uh, this creative language about himself that is called Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? Hmm. That he is best spoken of, spoken about, and described in words uh, that are poetic. As I've said a number of times, poetry is a language that tends to be inclusive and seeks to include us and help us to participate not only in the world but the more that we sense the world is than what meets the eye and the mind literally or mathematically hmm? if we Take everything out and just describe the word world mathematically, and we get a feeling we might be able to control the thing. This is kind of what we do in science. We try to figure out the formula that makes the whole thing work, and then we we'll control the whole. But it's not possible to control it all. Hmm? Poetry is a descriptive language, you could say as well as math, but, it's, but it tries to describe the more of life. Hmm? We feel it, it, it seems to be more than what, what meets the eye. Hmm? So in poetry we describe that the moon flies across the sky with wings. Just like Bhagavatam says, Ayur harati vai pumsam udyanastan chayanaso. Very nice verse. Hmm? Those who know me know I like this verse very much. Ayur harati by pumsam ujjanastan chayanaso. It says, with the rising and the setting of the sun, the duration of everyone's life is being taken away. Ayur harati. It's poetic. With the rising and the setting of the sun, everyone's life is being taken away. Rising and setting of the sun, so beautiful. Hmm? We have to look deeply. What is it saying to us? It's taking your life away. That's beautiful too. Hmm? If you understand it properly. Verse goes on to say how to counteract that. It's taking the life away of everyone except the one who's preoccupied with Uttam Shloka. The, this is Uttam Shloka, what we're talking about. Hmm? Adirasa. That which is, if describable at all, hmm? in the poetry 
in the poetry of Srimad Bhagavatam. Now if I say to you, with the rising and the setting of the sun every day, as the sun moves across the sky, your life is being taken away. You say, Swami, the sun is not rising across the sky every day. That's not what's happening. Hmm? The earth is going around like this. Hmm? And like this, I guess. Hmm? And so it looks like the sun is going across the sky. Your verse is wrong. What do we say? We say, no, you're wrong. You're dying. Hmm? That is what the verse is saying. You're dying. <laughs> and we've talked about it poetically to try to make the point to you. Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> so poetry is not a lesser way of speaking about things. Hmm? Hmm. A way to, 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 to make the point to let us look at the artistry, so to speak, of the world and let it speak to us. Hmm? Uh, this is how the sages are using the language very beautifully but very profoundly. Hmm? So Krishna is this Uttam Sloka. This is his name. It was described in beautiful poetry. That poetry is the Bhagavatam. He says, this verse says at the beginning, he's the origin of that poetry. Hmm? You see, poetry is also, rasa is found in poetry, in arts. This is the culmination of aesthetic uh, rapture of emotive possibility. Hmm? Hmm. And that beautiful um, Bhagavatam, Dhamna Sena Sada Nirasta Kuhakam Satyam Param Dimahi. It is uh, uh, illuminating and, and um, he says, he wants to say, it's over the head. And uh, uh, of those who don't approach it in the in in the proper way, kuhakam, only they become bewildered by that. Hmm? So these Srimad Bhagavatam, hmm? Brahma Samhita, they should be approached properly hmm? through good guidance. Hmm? Uh, uh, what Jiva Goswami has said in a few words by saying Adi uh, uh, Ishwar. Parama. Hmm? Parama means supreme. What, what he gets out of the word parama? Hmm? What makes Krishna supreme, he's saying? His Radha's love for him is what makes him supreme. Hmm? That is parama. Parama. Hmm? And she has so many extensions of herself in aesthetics of uh, uh, Bharat or Krishna, as we're explaining. Hmm? There are, I think, 90, 94 different heroes. If you study Ujjbal Nilmani of Rupa Goswami, the sequel to his book Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, in the beginning, this Vishaya Lambana of Rasa uh, is uh, the perfect hero, Nayaka is described, as it is to some extent in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu also. That's what's going on when he starts to describe the qualities of Krishna. Hmm? 64 qualities of Krishna. Hmm? This is a description of the Bishai Alambana, hmm? the object of love, one of the ingredients of rasa. You have to have an object of love, you have to have the lover. Hmm? 
the, the Vishai, the Ashrai, and then there are some other ingredients. Staibhav, this is the this is the this is the 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 vibhav in the staibhav uh, anubhav uh, satvikubhav uh, sancharibhav when all of these come together hmm, all these ingredients do we have rasa hmm? so. In Ujmal Nilmani, in the very beginning, then he Rupa Goswami describes the different heroes hmm, in the uh, uh, the aesthetic uh, language and so forth. And we see that there's, for example, there's the Dirodata, the Dirdalita, the Dira Prashanta, the Dira uh, uh, Prashanta, Dira Prashanta. Hmm. Four kinds of them. Uh, and then there are then there are uh, then there are two kinds of each of those, the upapati, the unmarried and the married, the paramour lover and the married lover, the hero, hmm? and then there, there, then we find that Krishna is perfect in in Dwarka, more perfect in Mathura, most perfect in Vrindavan, so three times two times four and builds up to ninety four. The idea there is to say, in another way, it's another way of saying Krishna is two Bhagavan Swaya more. Krishna is, what is the verse? The Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, first verse. Akila Rasamrita Murti. The ocean of Rasa, Krishna. So, at any rate, to talk about him, we have to use some poetic uh, language to give us some some semblance of, uh, of of an idea. And that person who is the Adi, hmm, who is Anadi, Anadi, Anadir, Adir, that is Govinda. Hmm? The text wants to say, Brahma Samhita wants to say, he is Govinda, not the Krishna of Dwaraka. Hmm? That is a partial manifestation of himself. Hmm? But the Ishwar Parama, hmm? this is the one named Govinda, who's playing with cows always. Hmm? That is his main observable preoccupation, cow herding. But Jiva Goswami says, no, we shouldn't think that cow herding is a, is a low thing. Hmm? His cow herding makes him a lesser god. The god of the cowherds, uh, a lower section of the society, hmm? because why? In that section of society, in that so-called lower section of the society, all the gods came. Hmm? To that low section of society, what happened? Nanda Maharaj was arranging a traditional sacrifice. Hmm? And it had been something that he had done for many years, hmm? even before the birth of his son. Hmm? 
But on the seventh year of his son's, uh, after his birth, his son is Krishna, of course, Nanda Tanuj. His son objected to the uh, sacrifice for Indra, the god of the heavens. The chief Indra means the chief, chief of the gods, presiding over the rain, hmm? required for the grasses, for feeding the cows, and thus something that the cowherd people are dependent upon. So they thought we'll worship the Indra, and then we'll get plenty of rain, and we'll have plenty of pasture. In this way, we'll flourish. But Krishna, at his, in his seventh year, isn't it? He objected to this. Hmm? He objected very strongly hmm? for two reasons. One reason from the point of Siddhanta. Hmm? He wanted to establish that Sarvadharman Prityajya, Mami Kam Saranam Braja. That you should take shelter of me alone, not any other god or goddess. To emphasize the central focus, the suruplakshan of Sharanagati, hmm? he performed this leela also. What is the principal, uh, central characteristic of Sharanagati? Krishna is my maintainer. They were thinking, Indra will maintain us, we'll worship him. Krishna said, no. Hmm? Shraddha and Sharanagati, they correspond. When he says, Sarvadharman pritajamamekam sharanam braja, he's saying, have faith in me alone, do Sharanagati. Accept me only as your maintainer, no one else. He wanted to establish these points of Siddhanta. Hmm? There are other points as well. From a from a, the point of view of Bhava also, he was very determined to to uh, stop this yagya. Hmm? Because why? Earlier in his childhood, when he was just a toddler, hmm? his father was arranging this yagya. Hmm? And it was a big yagya, so many people had to be involved. And although in his house, as the son of the king of the cowherds, he had a good life, there were many servants and maidservants in the house. Hmm? But on this day, they were all busy attending to the arrangement of the sacrifice. He was left alone at home, with, uh, home alone with his mother only. Hmm? Meanwhile, his mother was boiling some special milk on the stove. Hmm? Milk that had been gotten from special cows grazed on special grasses because it was found that this boy was wandering outside of his home and stealing milk from other people's houses. So his mother told his father, what kind of coward are you? Our son is going to other houses for milk. Your milk must not be good enough. So he got special cows and put them on special grasses. And from this milk then, Mother Yasoda was making some milk sweets hmm, for her son and holding him and nursing him at the same time. Hmm? Hmm? Then putting down the milk and walking and nursing him. And then looking and seeing the milk was boiling over, on, about to boil over on the stove. She had to use her spiritual intelligence. Spiritual intelligence is not that intelligence which she used to decide 
which we use to decide whether there is God or not, whether I should serve God or not, but how I should serve God best in any given situation. And there may be some concern about that. Hmm? Should I serve the milk that is tadiya, dear to Krishna, or should I serve Krishna? Hmm? Shiva gave a good lesson on this. When Parvati, his wife, asked, what is the best kind of worship? He said, Vishnu Aradhanam Param. Worship of Vishnu is the best. And Devi, Parvati, she thought, but I worship you, so I don't do the best kind of worship. He said, however, hmm, uh, Tadiyanam Samarjanam Vishnu Aradhanam Param. Better than the worship of Vishnu is worshipping that which is dear to Vishnu. And Vaishnavana Mitashambhu, Bhagavatam has said, Shiva's a Vaishnav, he's very dear to Krishna. Then she was happy. Oh, I'm worshipping one that is very dear to Krishna. I am doing the best kind of worship. Hmm? In this instance, Mother Yasoda determined, I will serve the milk hmm? rather than Krishna. Hmm. This is some kind of Tadiyaseva. So she put Krishna down. Hmm? And Krishna was upset with her, that is, Leela. Hmm? And so he stole away and, and he made some mischief. And so she had to tie him up. Imagine, mother ties up son in house, would be in the news. He was traumatized by this, severely traumatized in his youth. Uh, and then when he became seven years old, he realized, this Indra, it's because of him. If everybody wasn't busy in his service, then I would have had been tied up. And I, was, and I was tied up and all the people were looking at me. All the other ladies were looking over the wall and laughing. And my friends came also and they made fun of me. Hmm. It's Indra. He's the, he's the culprit. So he had to stop this. Hmm. So he said, let us worship Govardhan Hill. Forget about Indra. Hmm? All the grasses are coming from the hill anyway, so we, we, uh, we pay attention to what's in front of you. Hmm? In the here and the now. Hmm? Be mindful, he said. Hmm? We'll focus on the Govardhan Hill. So he arranged the Govardhan Festival and so forth. And Indra responded with his wrath, sending torrential rains. And Krishna picked up the Govardhan Hill and held it like this hmm? with his little finger hmm? and he said feed everybody a feast all the Brahmins all the Chatriyas, all the Vaishas, all the Sudras, all the animals hmm? everyone except him that one hmm? not him hmm? forget about it. <laughs> this, uh, he, this is the and, and of course the more rains he sent the more uh, confused Indra became. Hmm? One demon came to Indra's place in heaven and said, you're doing such a great job <laughs> killing those cow people and their little Krishna and so forth. Hmm? 
We think he's some form of Vishnu. We were rooting for you this time. We want you to know the demons are on your side. Hmm? When Indra heard that, he thought, what am I doing? What has come over me? Muyanti Atsuraya. I have been bewildered. Hmm? And then he went to his room hmm? quietly. He had to save face. So then he called his assistants and he said, So I want you to call everything off. Hmm? I was just testing you to see if you could understand. This is a form of Vishnu hmm? on earth. Hmm? So call everything off, please. Hmm? And then he called Brahma and he said, Come in. Close the door. <laughs> what am I going to do? Previously, you stole his, his, his calves and his, and his cowherd friends for a year. Hmm? And, uh, and he wasn't very pleased with you. How did you, how did you pacify him? Hmm? He said, Brahma said, look, I might have stole his friends and his calves, but you're trying to kill his cows and all his friends. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I tried to remedy my situation by offering beautiful prayers. Hmm? And he just stood there and said nothing the whole time. I don't even know if he accepted them or not. Uh, yeah. um, but I don't know what to tell you. Hmm? So then... Uh, the uh, suggestion finally came that go to Surabi Lok, the planet of cows, there, and talk to Surabi, the mother of all cows. And because you tried to kill cows, you go apologize there, and then maybe she will give you some advice. So Indra went, and Surabi said, well, we have to go to earth then. We have to go down to earth. There personally meet Krishna. Hmm? So Indra went and all the gods came with him. What will happen? Hmm? They all came, Brahma and Shiva and everyone. Hmm? And Krishna was, of course, at this time, playing with his friends as if nothing had happened. All the rains had come and not one leaf fell from one tree. Hmm? Hmm? And then Krishna saw in the distance the gods descending. So he told his friends, you stay here, I want to go check this out. Hmm? He wanted to make it easy on Indra. Because if you want to go to apologize to somebody and all of his friends are there and everything, it's a little difficult to say what you want to say. So he wanted to make it a little easy on him. He went, Indra offered his prayers. Hmm? With his elephant carrier, he bathed him from the kund. Hmm? And then he gave him a crown and called him Govinda. So this Govinda name means the Lord of the Cows, but Jiva Goswami wants to tell us, don't think this is a low idea. Hmm? Indra himself has given the name Govinda. Hmm? And in this context it also means who's the Lord of Indra. Hmm? Indra is, uh, is, the, is the God, but Govinda also means Upendra. So Upa Indra, a big Indra, a big chief, Krishna, the god of the gods is the idea. And at that time all the gods gave some, some gift to Krishna. They all gave some gift 
And then they went away, thinking, think, thinking, who are those cowherd boys that hang out with him like this? Hmm? Who are they that just sit around and eat ice cream with him and talk philosophy? <laughs> what kind of <laughs> what kind of people are they? Hmm? Hmm? And then all those boys came and came around Krishna and said, "What have you got there? Give me that hat. Give me that crown." Give me that cape. <laughs> and all the, the gifts of the gods, they were playing with them, and on they went homeward. Hmm. And of course, all the elders said, Nanamarsu, where'd you get those things? Hmm? Where did all these things come from? Mata Mungal said, oh, some four-headed guy came. Hmm? He was talking with all four heads. Uh, you know, we saw him from a distance. Some guy, his body was covered with eyes. This Indra, huh, was making a commotion, and some other other guy had five faces, and and so forth. And so Nana said, "Oh yeah, right. Yeah, sure. so it's just they're just kids. Who cares where they got it from?" <laughs> so they dressed Krishna up like like a god, and then he took all the clothes off, and ornaments and put them on Balaram. Said he, he is the god. This way. Hmm? So this name Govinda, hmm? it's not a low name. It's a high name. Hmm? That's one way of talking about it. But as we spoke about a little bit the other day also, hmm? lording over the cows is higher than lording over Indra, actually. Hmm? Much higher. Hmm? Hmm? Again, the more that the lording is done by love, the more the Lord or the Ishwar appears not to be a controller. Hmm? So this coward is about the is like the low on the scale, if you will. Hmm? He's not a government officer. He doesn't have his own uh, uh, he's a, he land. He's a he's a they t- tend to be how you say um, they, wanderers. Hmm? You, nomads, nomads. Hmm? What's the meaning of nomad? Nomad. They're quite mad, but they go, they go, they go from one place to other, following the cows after the green green grasses. I mean, they used to live this coward community of Krishna on the other side of the Jamuna. Hmm? But as the grasses were becoming limited there. The suggestion came from Upananda, his uh, Nandamaras' elder brother. Let's go to the to Vrindavan at the foot of Govardhan, on the other side of the Jamuna. There are nice grasses there, so they wandered there. Braj, Braj means, Jiva Goswami has said, some kind of wandering, hmm? some kind of movement. Hmm? Hmm? Um, So, anadi radir govinda, sarva karna karnam, he the cause of all causes. Hmm. Thus we end our discussion on the first verse. Any question? Yes. Like one man can have 
friends and, and children. So we know that uh, variety is the matter of enjoyment. So it seems that by this, even the distrust are perverted, but still we, we can experience different kind of tastes. So it seems that uh, the spiritual enjoyment is, is little limited in the spiritual world. Okay, we can say that in Madhurya Rasa, all other Rasas are included, but what about Shanti Rasa, Dasya Rasa? It seems that they are deprived other tastes. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. is, how can I understand this? If I understand your question. Pytanie jest takie, że w świecie duchowym Krishna jest jedynym Vishaya, czy obiektem, i my mamy z nim jedną szczególną rasę. Natomiast w świecie materialnym mamy różne Vishaya, czyli różne obiekty i ktoś może doświadczać różnych ras różnymi osobami. Na przykład ktoś, jeden człowiek może mieć na przykład pewną rasę z swoją żoną, ze swoimi dziećmi, inną, ze swoimi rodzicami, ze swoimi przyjaciółmi i tak dalej. Różnorodność jest matką przyjemności, więc nawet jeśli te rasy tutaj są jakby wypaczone, czy takie zwykłe, ale ktoś, ktoś może doświadczać różnorodności i przez to większej przyjemności. Czy, czy w związku z tym można powiedzieć, że właśnie, okej, okay, na przykład jeśli chodzi o maduria rasy w świecie duchowym, można powiedzieć, że wszystkie inne rasy są włączone jakby w tą rasę, ale co odnośnie tych, którzy są usytuowani w Dacja rasa, czy Shanti rasa, wygląda na to, że oni są jakby pozbawieni innych smaków. Right. So, of course, the, first of all, the teaching is that in the material world, there is no rasa. Hmm? As you said, it's only a perverted reflection or a semblance of rasa. Therefore, shantarasa, which is lowest on the scale of aesthetic rapture, is, is unlimitedly more uh, fulfilling than any uh, apparent rasa of material existence, hmm? um, which, according to the, our charges, <coughs> really results only in, in as I said, in, in, in disgust and dissatisfaction, ultimately. Because, as the Gita says, attachment to sense objects is the womb from which suffering is born. Hmm? So we should be clear uh, on this point that there is no rasa in the material world. But I understand your example, nonetheless, and you want, you want to say that, well, in at least you want to say, it appears that in Madhurya rasa you get the opportunity to taste all the taste, but in other rasas there's something lacking. Hmm? There is something lacking in other rasas hmm? uh, from an objective point of view. Mm -hmm. But the rasa that we attain at the same time is the way in which we could say Krishna wants us to accept, wants to accept service from us. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, it is most satisfying to us. Mm -hmm. Therefore, although objectively speaking, we can say the Madhurya rasa is more, contains more in it than, let's say, Batsalya rasa, hmm? or Sakya rasa, or Dasya rasa. 
in Vrindavan, nobody in Dasya Rasa, nobody in Vatsalya Rasa, nobody in Sakya Rasa hmm, wants to be in Madhurya Rasa. In fact, they, if they were to think about it, they would think that it appears to them, like Krishna's friends, that the gopis would prefer to be in Sakya Rasa. That's how it appears to them. Hmm? Because Krishna loves them more. Hmm? That's how they feel. And of course, they have the opportunity to, to be with him in public and so forth. And there are examples of Radha expressing some envy of jealousy of Subal, who can walk hand in hand in public with Krishna, hmm? and so forth. So the nature of this rasa is so uh, satisfying, hmm? the particular rasa that one attains, that from that vantage point, the devotee feels there is no better rasa, there is no more complete rasa. Hmm? He feels, they feel, all the rasas are in my rasa, even though objectively speaking, that may not be the case. Then, at the same time, within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, we find from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, there are two prominent rasas, Madhurasa and Sakyarasa. And within the Sakyarasa, we find the prominent Sakyarasa is Sakyarasa mixed with Madhurja. Hmm? So, these two windows have been opened to us from Gaur Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? So anyone who goes through any either of those windows tastes Madhur Rasa hmm, as as a as a a sakha who's an participant in Krishna's romantic life, like Subal, the Priyanarma Sakha, or as a maid, handmaiden of Radha in Madhurya Rasa, they also taste some Sakya Rasa. Hmm? So there's nothing missing for us hmm? uh, in, in, in the general, broader sense in which you're, you're talking about it. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polish. There are, there are two ways to look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? <coughs> One is to see him as the, the ashray of Radha Bhava. Hmm? The other way is to see him as the Vishai. Hmm? Um, and in the Ragmarg, we look at him more in terms of his being the ashray and exhibiting in his Acharya Leela, hmm, uh, demonstrating the way. He is the way personified. Hmm? 
So we tend to look at him as the way and by whom we can get the example of how to follow and so forth. So he is Krishna coming as in his alila as an acharya hmm, who teaches the way to worship Krishna. Hmm. Some devotees, however, also worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as 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 God, hmm? like with Vishnu Priya, hmm? the, 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 the Vishnu Priya Pranadan Nadiya Bihari. Hmm? He is the Lord of uh, Vishnu Priya, hmm? and so they may see him in this way, and in this context, we see him as the Vishai. Hmm? In either case, well, I, in, the, in the former case, from the Rag perspective, of course, he, where does Krishna go when he becomes the Ashrai? If hmm? Antar Krishna Bahir Goram, that goes inside, hmm? and on the outside, he's showing one thing. On the inside, he is still Krishna. Hmm? He's showing another thing on the outside. So even, therefore, even in Rag Marg, when we tend to look at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the ashrai of Radha's love, hmm, setting the example to follow and so forth, we sometimes see him also as Krishna. Therefore it is said, for example, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, hmm, that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited separation from Krishna in the mood of Radha, hmm, Surup Damadar, would tender to him, hmm, just like Lalita Saki or Vishaka Gopi in Krishna Lila. And when he would show himself as Krishna, sometimes, feeling separation from Radha, Ramananda Roy would tender to him just like Subal Saka does in Krishna Lila. So he's a complex theological person. Does that help? Another question? Yeah. That is called Suridrati. That is not rasa between themselves, that is rasa with Krishna. That includes, there must be sancharibhav for rasa. Hmm? There must be, what, five bhavs. The, the, the vibhav, the vibhav, the uh, stayibhav, uh, sattvikabhav, anubhav, <coughs> And Sancharibhav. All these ingredients together, they lead to the experience of rasa, experiencing Brahman as rasa, Krishna. So, one very special uh, Sancharibhav is called love of the friend, Suhitrati. After explaining the various staibhavs that are the basis of rasa, the dominant relationship of sensibility with Krishna, like, I feel I love Krishna as a friend or as a lover. Hmm? 
as this starts to come in very advanced, advanced stages of bhakti hmm, within us, then that dominant uh, budding sentiment will be uh, mixed together with other bhavas that I'm talking about, the stai bhava, the, the sattvika bhavas, the anubhavas, and so forth, hmm, and so on. One of them, again, is the sanchari bhav. Sanchari bhavs kind of come and go. They augment the stai bhav. Let's say my stai bhav is, is, is romantic love for Krishna. But sometimes I'm overwhelmed by despondency, sometimes by jubilation. Hmm? In the context of romantic love, that jubilation that overwhelms me for a moment, or that despondency, that's a sanchari bhav. It comes and goes. Hmm? It augments my stai bhav. Hmm? So there is a special... So Rupa Goswami is explaining the stai bhavs, and if it comes to the end of this chapter in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he, he says, the question in his mind comes, I've been talking about, just like what you said, Krishna is the object of love, and there are different ways in which he's loved, as a friend, as a lover, as a, as a parent, and so forth. Um, I've talked about that. But the question might come in a devotee's mind that all this rasa is about love of Krishna. Krishna is the object of love. Hmm? But there's all these different devotees loving him. What's the nature of their relationship with one another? Is there any rasa there? How does that work? It's a beautiful, I mean... <laughs> Beautiful thought, and he answered it. He says, "This is called suhridrati." Hmm? So the basic idea is that the devotees love one another, hmm? and that augments their love for Krishna. So their love for one another is part, then, of what makes up their love for Krishna. Hmm? And sometimes it's said with regard to Suritrati that they love Krishna a little bit little bit more than they love their friend, or they love the friend and Krishna equally. Or in rare instances they may love the friend more than Krishna. This is very prominent, for example, in the Manjari's love for Radha that exceeds their love for Krishna. And the thing starts to morph into in where the love for for Radha um their love for Krishna starts to augment their love for Radha and so forth. It's a very complex theological discussion. But the basic idea is that the love between the devotees is called suridrati, hmm? love of the friend. Hmm? It's, it, the whole world is the world of rasa, so Krishna is the center. But there are other relationships. And so it's another way, and I was going to bring that up, and thank you for bringing it up in relation to Karnam's question, that they also have friends, hmm? Uh, each each elderly cowherd man who has a son and a wife loves his wife too. So, in the context of loving Krishna, so they get all the whole realm range of experience there of love. There's, there's no there's nothing left out. Mm-hmm. Only Shantaras is kind of left out. Of them. So, anything else? Yes, Karim. Uh, I have a question about uh, behavior of demigods in Krishna, Krishna's villa, because it seems sometimes that they are uh, acting unreasonable. 
Yeah. Indra, he finally understood who is the Krishna and he offered him prayer and begged for forgiveness. And then Krishna, with his wife, Satyabhama, uh, he, he went to Svargaloka and again Indra fought, uh, they were fighting about for Parijata flower. So it's yeah. Why he fought again? He's such a fool, or this is acting uh, Yoga Maya for Krishna Lila. How, how he should perceive Demigod, even though Shiva was fighting with Krishna, this Shiva and Narayan Yeah, and these stories, uh, like the story of Indra. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So these these stories, like the story of Indra that you're referring to, you have to understand that in the Bhagavatam, it's a compilation of different stories, in one respect, that are also found in other places, in other scriptures. But they're told a little differently in the Bhagavatam. Hmm? They're told from a particular angle of vision. Hmm? And so something is brought out of the stories that's not brought out in other texts. Like the story of Marj Parikshit is told differently in the Mahabharat than it is in the Bhagavatam. The way it's told in the Bhagavatam about his being cursed to die and his dying is quite different than in the Mahabharata and it has quite a different effect on us. Hmm? So these stories are employed for making points. Hmm? Um, and that has to be understood and sometimes it may be lost when trying to take it in a more literal way. And then you wonder why it's... Over here it's this way and here it's this way. And so see, the Bhagavatam is, is, is presenting some, a message and it's using different instruments in order to do that. It's telling different stories from different angles of vision and so forth. And those are the most profound angles of vision with which to, to, to look at reality and so forth. So Indra is an example of sakama bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti for material desire. Hmm? What happens when you do bhakti for material desire? Let's say you, have, you, you do bhakti to Krishna because you want to get a, a new house. Hmm? So you pray to Krishna, give me house, give me, give me a big house. It's like that. There's a, there's a, there's an arti song like that. You may know they worship the Ganga like that. And give me this and give me that. So this is Sakama Bhakti. Hmm? The Bhagavatam wants to, it, it showcases Sakama Bhakti in order to tell us you shouldn't do Sakama Bhakti. Hmm? And the example of Indra is very good because it says, if you do Sakama Bhakti, sometimes you might not get what you asked for. 
Then you might become angry. Hmm? Then you might insult your deity. Hmm? Don't do this. Hmm? This is what it's saying. Hmm? This is what it's trying to teach us. Hmm? So Indra is uh, abused in the Bhagavatam, <laughs> in a sense, but, but this is but it's also saying this is the reality of Sakama Bhakti. Hmm? And so the gods in heaven, and so forth, they're not the ideal. The kind of bhakti that you see there is not the ideal. See, this is the same thing that Brihat Bhagavatamrita is doing in the first part of Brihat Bhagavatamrita, Sanatana Goswami. Nard is going through all the different places and he's seeing the different kinds of worship and so forth. Hmm? And there, all the different worshippers are admitting, my worship's not perfect, I've got so many faults. So he's seeing that he's moving on and so forth. So this is what the Bhagavatam is teaching us. So these stories about Indra and the gods, we just said in the very beginning of the text, we quoted it this morning, Muyanti Yatsuraya, the gods are bewildered about Krishna. The gods and goddesses, other than Shiva, they're in, 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 in mixed, some mixed form of bhakti, karma mishra bhakti like Brahma, sakama bhakti like Indra and so forth. And so the stories told about them that accurately depict the nature of that kind of bhakti, or the nature of jnana and so forth. And then they want to contrast that with shuddha bhakti, and, and, and by that tell us, don't do this kind of bhakti. Hmm? That's what it means. Um, and, uh, and so, and then you can also look at it literally and say, sakama bhakti is literally like this. And here's the example of Indra. Hmm? He got upset with Krishna. Even though he knew Krishna was God, he found, figured it out from the Govardhan Leela. Still later on, hmm, um, when Krishna went, what is it, Krishna went to heaven? He went to heaven and he stole the Parijata flower for Satyabhama and, and, our, and Indra became upset with him. Who does he think he is? So this is what happens in Sakama Bhakti. <laughs> we should avoid that. Does that help? Yeah. Yes. Uh, he, he, in the 18th chapter, he reveals what? He understood. But he didn't get it later on either. <laughs> That's the difference. 
he didn't get it later on. Yeah, you can't get it from Sakama Bhakti, that's the point. You can't get this you can't get the full significance that Krishna is the personality of God and what that what that what that mandates, what that really says hmm, from Sakama Bhakti. Another question? Maybe that's enough. What 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 time is it? Ten minutes to twelve. So, can you save it for this evening? Yeah. You won't lose your train of thought. Okay, we've talked for a while, so we'll stop there. Whenever she speaks, listen. 